I'm gonna take one, baby. What up, family and friends? Uh, blessing to you wherever you are listening to this episode from. This is Sergi back again with Take One Podcast. Got, hey. got it, uh, a popular audience with me today. We got our very own Richard Reeves, what Adriana Steele, and Mr. Artez Henderson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. And so just to let y'all know, man, we want to spend the month of May discussing some unpopular questions. Um, last week, we discussed if the Bible is even still relevant to our culture today. And today, y'all ready? We are going to ask the question, should Christians be okay with a racial and political divide in the church? Ooh. Man, I thought we were talking about the Grizzlies. I thought we were talking about if it's going to be Grizzlies in seven. We're going to talk uh, about that right after this. We're going to take a commercial okay. break and get to that. Okay. Um, all right, all right. But I bring this question up uh, because it seems as if our differences or issues have grown to be deeper than just our music preferences or style of of worship that we grew up accustomed to. You know, like we all kind of got some history with this whole multi-ethnic church thing going on. And it seemed earlier on the major problems was maybe so much um, more centered around the music or, you know, other things like that but it seems like through the most recent years it it just seems like we're living in a more political charge um, climate mm-hmm. where where our personal issues have become just so close to us that like for example if you voted for Trump it's not you just voted for someone different than me but it's it's you what Trump represents speaks against my humanity. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're voting against me. So how can I have fellowship with you? Mm-hmm. You know, and some people may feel like if you don't vote for Trump, you cannot be a Christian. How can I just simply have fellowship with you? Mm-hmm. And it's not just even over Trump, but even over the last week, we see this debate rise over abortion, you know, with Roe versus Wade being voted over um, and it just seems like there are so many hot topics that divide us um, because it just seems like this issue is so personal to us, right? Yeah. So I really want to frame this time with two scriptures that I think are used a lot to kind of that speak to the unity that we are to fight for, and that is Ephesians four. And Paul says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, right? So Paul tells us that we got to make every effort and Paul says in Galatians 3, there's neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free nor male or, free or female, but we're all one in Christ. And we've all been in many church conferences that mm-hmm. have, these verses have been used to kind of speak to the, the unity we are to, you know, fight for. But guess what? Paul, in Acts 15, we also see Paul and Barnabas go their separate ways mm-hmm. because Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark on the mission journey and Paul was like hey he can't ride with me I don't trust that dude <laughs> right 
and they go their separate ways. Mm -hmm. And they were both fruitful in ministry. So the conversation that I want to have is how do we respond today? How do we honor God and also protect our core beliefs? Um, is there a place for separation even within God's body? Um, mm -hmm. And is there a place for us to accept the fact that we can say, hey, you guys stay over there and we going to stay over here. All right. So opening up, starting, just putting a, a question on the table. Anybody can take a jab at. Um, we all at downtown church want to fight to see a multi-ethnic, multicultural and multi-class church. All right. But in your personal experience, has there ever been a time where you thought, is this worth fighting for? And what made you question that? That's a lot of silence. <laughs> I'm like, do I want to tell this story? <laughs> How can I tell this story without blasting the face? I can go, unless you want to go, Richard. No, you go. You go. Have Richard, at it. Richard Ladies don't first. Have any, you don't have any stories. <laughs> Right, he, you know, he hasn't had any novel. issues over novel. 30 years. Uh, yeah, so for me, I think I was, uh, I don't even know if I was full-time at this point, but I was, you know, fresh in full-time ministry or, you know, kind of new to the whole multicultural church for the most part, maybe a year or two in. And um, was having a conversation with a brother in Christ um, about something he had said around a nice amount of church members that could have been seen as a, a racially charged joke. Mm. And um, I thought that I was bringing it to him in you know, the best way I could, prayed about it, prayed for wisdom, for wording, mm. uh, you know, made sure my tone was not bad um, or anything like that and I remember him just like completely you know responding in a way I didn't think he would especially because he had been a part of multicultural churches for quite some time we're mm -hmm. talking about almost a decade mm -hmm. wow. and that was part of his frustration with me like how could you call me a racist and I think I was like I did not call you <laughs> a racist you didn't listen to anything I said yeah. Mm -hmm. I was trying to explain to him that what he said could be perceived right. as something that has racial implications. And for somebody that does not know him and does not, if they don't know his heart, they could take that mm -hmm. and not come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, not, and say that you're attacking my culture. And so um, I remember just being really discouraged because it's like I've known him for a while. I thought that we were in community together. I thought we were on the same page. So I was surprised by the joke. But then when I step out of my comfort zone, because I like to avoid conflict, for me to step out of my comfort zone and be praying and put all this thought into what I said and for him to just say, you know, I'm not racist, um, even though I didn't call him racist, was just like, is there any hope for us? Like, if I can't have this conversation with you, mm -hmm. who can I have this conversation with? Like, yeah. is it even possible for me to connect with an older white man? <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, like... Um, you know, after that, I guess what gave me the hope was, you know, talk to Richard about it, um, got some support. And it was just like, you know, sometimes these conversations do happen. Sometimes these conversations bring out what's in people's hearts. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that doesn't mean we have to get weary and well-doing, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I've definitely had moments where I'm just like, is it, I mean, I've had moments. <laughs> honestly, I've had moments just singing a new gospel song, <laughs> you know, at downtown church. And just, like, people looking at me like, what is going on? I remember, like, one song, this guy was, like, legit, like, grimacing at me. Like, it seemed like he was just, like, ugh, you know. I know you guys can't see my face, but... Um, yeah, definitely have had moments for sure to answer the question. <laughs> well, for me, I I don't I don't have many, if not, I don't have really one moment. I'm kind of new to downtown, been here a year and a few months. But I, I would say the question that crossed my mind in terms of uh, so we were going through the James series, and I had this passage about like wealth. You know the, the dangers and the evils of, of mm-hmm. the potential dangers uh, of wealth. I remember that song. And yeah. I remember, you know, prepping and um, just sensing the Lord putting on my heart about, you know, historically how we've seen this uh, this idol of wealth damage, you know, mm-hmm. uh, particular mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I talked about just the cost of, you know, humans, uh, African Americans that were being sold into slavery, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I was when I was prepping that and. You know, I felt pretty confident that it was a fitting illustration to show the evils. I did question myself, like, how would this be received? Mm-hmm. Not from my black brothers and sisters, but from my non-black, you know, right, my white right. brothers and sisters. Like, yep. you know, was I gonna get the emails? You know, I'm I'm new. You know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. did I mm-hmm. did I have enough uh, rapport with people um, to even, you know, go there and hit that 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 sore spot? And so, by God's grace, I didn't have any emails, but as a black man, you know, preaching that and really calling that stuff out, like I I felt, okay, is this a safe space? And so, anyway, like I say, that was just one moment I I felt that, but I haven't had, you know, several, you know, stories that I was like, you know, is this really worth fighting for? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could give a lot of, um, a lot of examples. I, I think the hardest thing is really embracing in multi-ethnic church that this has to be the atmosphere. <laughs> you know, this has to be that the struggle, uh, it, it's a struggle toward oneness. It's not immediate oneness. Yeah. Even though we're one in Christ, we're not we are so disconnected from each other, um, especially white from black culture, um, that the only way toward unity is through those hard conversations right. and through questioning yourself and through being confronted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, it's it's been a death for 14 years for me because, <laughs> you know, I mean, every week I'm trying to weigh what I say and, you know, and then I say the wrong thing. I always go off script and I always it's get true. in trouble you when I go always off script. always get in trouble when you just go off script. It's just what the Spirit, what I think the Spirit is leading me to say and maybe Richard leading me to say. And uh, But I just, I go back, you know, you, you mentioned the Galatian passage and, you know, the whole issue of Galatians was whether or not Gentiles should be circumcised. And there were some in the church, you know, those with power saying, yeah, you got to be circumcised or you're not legitimate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Paul doesn't 
make it an issue of oneness. He makes it an issue of the gospel. He says, he goes to Peter and he, he gives an example. He said, dude, when, you know, you were eating, you know, we like to say you were eating turnip greens and ham hocks. <laughs> and then your Jewish brothers came in town and all of a sudden, and you went vegan. You know, you're too holy for that stuff, you know. And Paul didn't say, man, you're, you're threatening the oneness. He said, you're out of line with the truth of the gospel. Mm. Brother, you, you're over the line of the gospel. Yeah. And that, that is what holds my feet to the mission is it's a gospel issue. And then he gets to Galatians 5, and I love this, man. He says, for it's neither uh, circumcision nor uncircumcision that counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Yeah. And that's what I see every you know, conflict is really about. Am I willing to give up <laughs> for the sake of another? Yeah. Am I willing to slow down for the sake of another? Am I willing to explain? Am I willing to, you know, receive wherever you are to help you move forward? Um, and, and that's what we don't want to do. It's so easy to make something the gospel. And when I do that, when I say, you know, unless you act like this, you're not going to fit in, mm -hmm. you know, that's the law. That's mm -hmm. not dealing out of the gospel. It's the law. So, um, so yeah, I've got to constantly tell myself it's neither circumcision or uncircumcision. You know, it's either it's neither, you know, Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. It's neither this mm -hmm. or that. But the only thing that counts is how I'm responding to you in love, because that's how God's responding to me. And I, in His eyes, am a fool. You know, <laughs> about 99.9% .9 of the time. So, um, okay, let me ask y'all this. Let's right. take this question to to like a deeper level. Right. Everything y'all said was right like biblically right but the question that i think like so many people really struggle with and what we are seeing real people deal with like we have seen people leave our church mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. for these very reasons we yep. yeah. um, have seen people come to our church talking about why they were probably going to leave their church for like some of these similar reasons so yeah. it's not even so much I can get up in the pulpit and preach exactly what you just said, but right. I feel like there's still this disconnect of, I know I'm supposed to be one, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I feel I can't, my life is just better if I just move to this neighborhood mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and close my garage. My life will be better <laughs> if I can just leave this church who believes this, yep. who's going to be stuck in this way, yeah. and I'm just going to go to to a new people who who affirm right what I believe is you know right so I, I really want us to try to tackle the question like is there a place for separation in the church mm. like mm -hmm. I know we all know in heaven Revelation 7 it's gonna be a thousand tongues <laughs> praising the Lord it's gonna be Black, white, red, all the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be yeah, all the yeah. people. And mm -hmm. we're gonna all finally be one. Right. And I know we're supposed to bring heaven to earth, but can we really like is it a realistic um belief to think that we're all gonna be one on this side of eternity? Mm -hmm. Or 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 can we settle with let's just have them folks over there? <laughs> well, I think it is. I mean, it's a place for separation. Um, and I believe that, you know, there are some churches that are really, if I could use the word, toxic. 
um, the leadership, prideful, um, mm -hmm. arrogant, um, unwilling to repent, unwilling to, to learn and listen. And I believe that is a, a case for separation for someone who say, man, I just don't feel heard in this church, right? right. And I think that's bigger than just, you know, preferences. It's, it's more so you're not being a faithful under shepherd that God has called you to be. That's my opinion. But there's another side of it too, um, what I hear you saying, um, you know, folks, we, we're, we're complex, you know, um, we all have various like passions, like good biblical things that, you know, in God's word. And so, you know, some of us, we are going to die on that hill. Yeah. It's a good thing, but <laughs> at the expense of, of unity, right? Um, and unity, we heard it, it's not necessarily conformity. But I will also say there's a learning experience too. I've only been here a year and some change, but since I've been here, I do know of folks who have left our church over different uh, philosophical issues or you know different practical issues or what have you. Um, but I would say you know with a clear conscience that we we had conversations with those individuals. Well, I've heard you guys have conversations with those individuals and really try to meet them where they at. Yeah. You know, try to hear them um, out. But that doesn't mean that. We're doing, we're out of pocket. We're, right. we're out of line with God's will. It just right. means in this season where God has them, this is not the best church for them. However, we can still learn, like downtown church, like you said, G, all the time. Like we're a church that admit that we're not perfect, you know, yeah, that right. we have uh, ways to grow. So just kind of coming back to your original question, there is a case for separation, I believe, and an unhealthy you know, uh, circumstance, but also on the other side of that, I believe there's always opportunities to learn, but that doesn't mean, hey, we just have to <laughs> change everything, you know, for the sake of just trying to meet that one brother, that one sister. Yeah, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> we all look, we are all looking at Richard right now. I know you guys yes, but <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's for me as the church planner and, mm -hmm. you know, the lead pastor, I believe in the vision. I, I think that Paul, Paul didn't say there's going to be no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. Mm -hmm. He said there is no Jew or Greek. So the power is there. But you know, and I really struggle with, well, am I called to multi-ethnic church? I, you know, it's kind of like, well, am I called to make disciples? Right. I mean, I really do look at it that way, but yeah. does everybody make disciples? Is that everybody's strongest gift? Um, you know, I can't say, um, you know, I, I do think that it is a biblical imperative to seek oneness within the church across racial, ethnic, socioeconomic boundaries. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, brought down the wall of hostility, and there is power in that. However, I mean, there is power to create an altogether different loving community. Um, but I can't decide for everybody mm -hmm. whether or not downtown church is the right church for them, whether or not where they are you know, in their own journey, uh, there's, we're, we are so complex. I mean, there's trauma, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm typically just blown away 
by my African-American brothers and sisters that continue to persist <laughs> with the vision <laughs> because y'all are giving up a lot more. Um, you know, you talk about that moment in your sermon and, you know, what you didn't say is you really lost it. I mean, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, tears and which was so powerful but so painful for you, I know. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And because it's so real. I mean, to us, it's history. To us, it's, I mean, we can talk about our fathers as racist and we can talk about our own prejudices and all that, but it's a different level for, you know, black brothers and sisters. It just mm -hmm. is. Um, you know, Adriana, I mean, your, your mom telling stories of, um, you know, of her childhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, physically seeing a, a lynched person. Yeah. Come on. Wow. You know, I Man. mean, D Donna White, who was on and talking about as a little girl looking at her window in the medical district and seeing mm -hmm. tanks mm -hmm. <laughs> going mm -hmm. down the street. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's just an, that's a whole new level. Yeah. So do I blame people know I don't blame people it's hard work um, and I do think there is an element of self-care and so forth um, yeah so maybe that answers maybe it doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah I, I agree with the the nuance of what has been said though because I don't think it's like a cut and dry right. answer because yeah. I think if I if I were to meet like one of my black brothers and sisters who has a whole bunch of church hurt from multi multicultural That's churches right. and um, they're spiritually because I, I think what's what's right. interesting about being human <laughs> um, in this skin is that yes like we understand these spiritual realities mm -hmm. but unfortunately we still look we're looking to see Jesus in each other right. you know what I'm saying right. and so if you go to a church and the authority figure who you're looking to see, to see Jesus in, okay, right. not that he's Jesus, but right. um, if you're really hurt by that person, sometimes right. it can affect your relationship with God. Mm, 100%. Um, and I just know, like, friends that maybe grew up in white circles, um, and now that they're kind of coming to this awakening almost mm -hmm. of their blackness and the history that comes with that, they're like, why did these people teach me these things? certain things, you know, right. to hate myself or to hate my people right. or to be suspicious of my people or just whatever. I think those types of, like, it's good for you probably to take some time, yeah. you know, take some time and go to a different church. Yeah. Like you said, the self-care piece. Right. Um, right. And just your spiritual <laughs> yeah. journey. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's hard to just yeah. say yes or no. Because um, I think Artez was also talking about that. Just like sometimes th this may be a church that is not for me. Right, right. And I need to go to another church. That doesn't mean you stop going to church, though. I think <laughs> that right. is the, right. <laughs> the thing that I would just encourage anybody that may be in that situation. Like, don't stop coming to church. Because um, we need each other. Um, and we are going to hurt each other. Yep. Mm -hmm. So And yeah. that's so good. And even going back to Acts 15, like Paul had a problem with Barnabas because he wanted to bring John, I mean, Mark on a trip because Paul was significantly hurt by, from Mark from the first trip. Right. That's right. He felt abandoned. Right. He felt right. like, I can't trust you. Mm -hmm. And they went their separate ways. But later in the book of Acts or later in the Bible, we see Paul command Mark and 
and mm. almost like we see this reconciliation yeah. that's right. happen yeah. between Paul and Mark. And I think sometimes an element that's missing from this conversation is what we just said, like time and space. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I can have a family wound and I, I might need to miss this Christmas gathering. Yep. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I might need to not go to my family Christmas gathering, but years later, two, three years later, maybe me and my uncle can, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think right. um, to kind of wrap up this conversation, I'm glad you guys all kind of spoke to what the Bible calls us to, but also there may be a season where we need to heal or mm-hmm. a season where we need to, you know, grow in ourselves. And so to kind of wrap it up um, briefly, what words would you give a brother or sister who is wanting to leave the church um, because um, they have felt hurt um, simply by either something political or, or in your case, Adriana, like somebody maybe said a comment that was hurtful. Uh, what words would you give? I'll say just quickly, um, the word I would give is don't don't just leave, but you know, you've got to make yourself vulnerable. And that's the hard thing. When you're the one that's hurt, you're the one that's got to get vulnerable and admit that hurt. And so the only way another person can grow and you know, is to give them that opportunity and to say you hurt me. You know, what you said hurt me. But don't so I would say and I think that's the bigger thing is relational reconciliation mm-hmm. where no matter where you go to church yeah. you know we're the family of God <laughs> and so just going to another church isn't gonna heal that wound you've got to deal with it and seek reconciliation yeah. and you know it may be throwing pearls before swine and then you wipe the dust off your feet and move forward but at least trust God and seek reconciliation and uh, do as much as you can do um, you know, to seek that reconciliation. That's, That's what I would say. Yeah, that, that's really good, I think, because there are so many assumptions that come with who you voted for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So oh, it's just yeah. like, if you voted for this person, then you are this, 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 and this. That's right. And I do think that's where the whole relational part comes yep. in. And like having that conversation, you don't know what assumptions are right or wrong until you talk to that person now. That's right. Like you said, you could talk to that person. And, right. <laughs> and you know, all of the assumptions could be true. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I think, I think what I'm learning um, more and more is that people really, really are complicated. Oh, <laughs> people yeah. aren't simply aren't simple and you don't know what they've been taught right um and i think one thing sergi i'm gonna ask you to like repeat it but you were talking about the difference between what is part what what do you see as um biblically wrong morally wrong and personally wrong so if you can like come back to that that would be great Mm. but i do think it's important when we're having these conversations for us to think about be vulnerable with ourselves and like um, self-aware and ask ourselves like what's per- what do I feel is personally wrong what do I feel is morally wrong what do I feel is biblically wrong because yeah. if you think something is biblically wrong and like the pastor of that church is fighting mm-hmm. for it then that may be that conversation that you need to have saying I'm going right. to leave the church right. but yeah I think it's important for, or if you're confronted I think it's important for you to not be putting what you personally see as wrong onto the Bible yeah. but really starting with the Bible yeah. 
I mean, you did a great job. I, I don't need oh, to come okay. back. I didn't know <laughs> if I captured it right. <laughs> I, I captured it, you know, but in essence, sometimes we can put our our personal convictions on onto others, um, as as the law, as scripture, as Richard was saying earlier, and what you were just pretty much saying is we need to ask ourselves: Is this biblical, or is this my personal hurt mm-hmm. and my personal mm-hmm. heart, or and am I putting this on others? And am, am I frustrated and disappointed? Not so much because they disregard scripture or God's word, but because they did something personally to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but man, I really appreciate this conversation. I thought this was a really good conversation. And we are now out of time. But hey guys, please keep listening. We're gonna be back next week with another episode. All right, Grizz and Seven. <laughs> Grizz and Seven. <laughs> Let's go.